Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? I'm doing good, Henry. Happy to be here talking with you, chatting with y'all. It's been a hot minute. It's hot down here in SoCal, but I am happy that we're here and just talking comics, you know. Excellent. I'm also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? Sup, sup, sup. Doing well. Also happy to be here. Ready to talk some comics. Yeah. Cool. Today is August 18th, 2023. And The Secret Invasion Marvel Disney Plus series has recently completed and we're going to talk all about it. We're going to dive in. So, before we get into spoilery territory, why don't we talk a little bit about what expectations we had for this show? Secret Invasion, starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Um. Yeah, what expectations did you have for this one? Uh, you want to start, Perfirio? Sure. So I think I was pretty excited when this um show was first announced, just because you know Secret Invasion was one of the first storylines that I read when I first started kind of getting into comics, and not gonna lie, I was kind of confused because again, like this is when I first started getting into comics, so I didn't know like about like what the hell scrolls were and a lot of the superheroes and all that kind of stuff. But it was an interesting concept, you know, about like who can you trust and, you know, betrayal and just this kind of like thriller, you know, um, vibe that the storyline had going on. So when the show was first announced, I was pretty excited. I reread the comics before the, like probably like a month before the show aired and by then, you know, I had already, like, had a better, larger knowledge of comics. And so I even hyped myself up more for this show, especially since, like, you know, Samuel Jackson's in it. And he's fucking badass, you know, like every scene he he's in the MCU as Nick Fury is just really awesome you just can't help but be like oh it's nick fury what's he gonna do so to have like a whole kind of show like dedicated to nick fury is just like oh this is gonna be awesome you know so i had pretty kind of yeah high expectations from like every like aspect going into this um tv show very cool all right high expectations from referio how about you christian what about your expectations Let's see. Well, it has been a while since Marvel put out uh, anything on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think the last big thing, big MCU-related show, uh, She-Hulk, and that was months ago. Um, it got pushed back. So this show got pushed back, and so I wasn't uh, really 100% sure what to make of it. Uh, I had just kind of mild expectations, but then I think they released... Uh, like the opening scene um, 
And I thought that was really cool. I thought that set a really cool, like, paranoid thriller vibe to it. And I thought, oh, this could be something different. It's got Nick Fury in it. It's got this, like, is he a scroll or, you know, is such and so and so a scroll? Or are they not? You know, is are they telling the truth? It's got that paranoid thriller aspect to it. And I think that that scene like nailed it down really well, and so that did actually get my hype levels up. So I think uh, I kind of mild, but over time, I was uh, ready to see what was going to unfold. Very cool. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat too. I was very much looking forward. To this one when it released, um, leading up to the release, yeah, I think early on, I knew it wasn't gonna be like the comic series. The comic series, Secret Invasion, was like a major event Marvel series, right? Tons of superheroes, epic battles, that type of thing, right? And it was pretty clear from early on that this series was not going to be that it was going to have Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, but there was like no indication of superheroes and epic battles, that sort of thing. Right. So um, kind of got that vibe way back when that it wasn't going to be like the comics. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of like, I'm not sure what this is going to be exactly. And then the first trailer dropped. And then I was like, whoa, this looks awesome. Uh, this looks like right up my alley, you know. Similar to what I was expecting. Yeah, very light on the superhero shit, um, but heavy on paranoia and espionage and um kind of gritty street level stuff you know um so pretty much purely off that first trailer i was really hyped um so when episode one dropped i was definitely ready i was ready to go okay so now we can drop the spoiler alert let's get into the show and um you've been warned spoilers are fair game so because there's figured... a lot <laughs> a lot of twists <laughs> yeah they, actually there is a lot of pretty spoilery type stuff so yeah definitely want to give the alert <laughs> and yeah there's 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 like quite a bit to unpack here yeah um maybe we start with this one just because it did happen in episode one again spoilers spoiler alert <laughs> uh a pretty beloved character, Maria Hill, is killed in the very first episode. So let's talk about that a bit. Uh, reactions? What were your guys' reactions to uh, the death of Maria Hill? That was injustice. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, like... You know, Maria Hill, she's been like kind of like one of the OG um, MCU characters since like the first Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. You know, she you've seen her in Winter Soldier, in yep. Infinity War, in Captain Marvel, I think. Right? No, sorry. Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> um, 
kind of or not wait, uh, f- far from home far from home, far from <laughs> far from home in a way in, in a way, way. <laughs> <laughs> um so to kind of like you know introduce her into reintroduce her into this in this the tv show i was like okay cool we're gonna see more of this character development with with her you know but then like for her to kind of you know again we already gave the spoiler alert but like yeah like die at the end of the episode i feel like was a good way to kind of catch people's interests and being like oh shit like this this tv show means business you know yeah yeah. but i think the way it was handled just kind of sucks because i feel like there was just no like she there wasn't like a like grand um you know, I I don't know what the right word I'm trying to look for is because like you know like when like Gamora died or Black Widow died like there was like this like huge like scene a big mm-hmm. deal about it and Maria Hill was just yeah. kind of like she died and that sucks let's yeah. move on you know yeah like so I just feel like and I remember when that first came out like people were talking oh is she gonna be like is is that is she really dead dead you know because you know yeah. Nick Fury died and. It turns out he's not dead, you know? Yeah. So there was, like, a lot of talks about, like, is she actually dead, dead? But then we later find out, like, yeah, she actually did die, die. And yeah, yeah. um, so I just think that for, like, Marvel Studios to not, like, make, like, a big thing out of it and just kind of be like, she died, let's move on with the storyline. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like, again, that's why I say, like, there's, like, an injustice to her death, you know? Yeah. And uh, I respect your opinion, and I think uh, it's valid. I, I think a lot of people felt that way. Like they felt like the the character was done wrong by having this sort of unceremonious death. But kind of devil's advocate, I think the show did that purposefully. They purposely made it a kind of vague and confusing death because what happened in that scene. It appeared that Nick Fury kills Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. So it's confusing. It's like, what what the hell? What why did he do that? And then you realize it really wasn't Nick Fury, it was um Gravik, the scroll mm-hmm. disguised as Nick Fury killing her. And then I think you're supposed to get this feeling of who kind do you of trust? How, well, yeah, who do you trust? But also what you felt, Perverio, like, well, this isn't right. Like why did she go out like this? And I think you're supposed to feel kind of upset and angry and confused and just like a lot of conflicting emotions. And also like, is she really dead? Kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Is like, who is, who is real? Who isn't? And um, like, I thought it was kind of an exciting moment because uh, the whole episode was building up to this, like, um, climax of confusion Mm -hmm. and paranoia and with that happening it just it added to that to that element right so yeah no i i yeah i agree with you i think like again like i think you know as much of injustice i say like the death came i think it was necessary because like that kind of like set the tone for like how you're gonna perceive the rest of the series it's just like oh like this isn't like a like campy MCU like Ant Man kind of movie. Like this is some mm-hmm. real sh- dark stuff of things we're gonna explore, 
And um, again, it kind of adds to like that paranoia you said about like, who do we trust? Like, is what you're seeing actually what's happening, you know, or like, it can, like what I will say about like what that scene does is like, it really kind of has you like uh, second guess or question like how certain events play out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Um, how about you, Christian? Any thoughts about the death of Maria yeah. Hill? Yeah, I think you guys have made some pretty good points on it. Like, it definitely is, like, confusing. It's, like, emotionally confusing. You're not really sure how you're supposed to feel. Like, like I will say one thing I do appreciate that I think Marvel did. Like, Mar- like Marvel, and, of course, it's the t- kind of time-old comic book trope, is that no one really dies in comic books, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, AMC already, already kind of pulled the, the fake out death, um, with Nick Fury himself. So back in, you know, the winter soldier, as well as I think like there were some character deaths that kind of reversed say, such as like Loki and Gamora mm-hmm. in infinity war. Yeah. You know, so there's quite a few deaths that just like, they, like, you want them to stick, but they haven't in a, in a, in a sense. And so in a way, like you kind of expect her to come back and then you kind of just see that special guest star, Kobe smolders. And you're like, Oh wait, what? Is she dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the end. And you're just very much not sure. And, and then I think as the show goes on and like, Oh no, she's just dead. Isn't she? Yeah. She's gone. <laughs> She's just yeah. gone. Yeah, there was a funeral and everything. Yeah. Like, and it feel it does feel like it's, it's truly cut short. Um, Cause we, even though she's kind of been around for this long, I haven't watched agents of shield. So I'm not sure if she shows up in agents of shield. She's only a few episodes. I'll, I'll okay. say that. But uh-huh. it, yeah, it's like, Oh, I feel like she died before I really got to know her. Like they, they hint at it in episode one mm-hmm. where her and uh, fury are talking about their past. You know, they're kind of talking about the way things were. They're talking mm-hmm. about how Fury's, you know, he's he's not who he was. And so um, I thought that they were going to develop her a little more before, you know. And so so that was that was, it was quite a shocker, you know, mm-hmm. to to see that. But it does kind of, in a sense, like kind of raise the stakes of the plot very quickly you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right on and um yeah i would add that you know a lot of times with tv shows um what happens is characters are killed off when uh there's there's kind of nowhere to go with the characters i hear that a lot of times with showrunners and series writers and stuff like what do we do with this character and if the writer's room is like i don't know what to do that can be like the the death knell to a character right um you could argue that that happened to maria hill right because in the comics maria hill is kind of a fixture because she's like she embodies shield right she is shield she runs the show um but in the mcu shield is 
no longer a thing and has not been a thing for quite some time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Marvel Studios has kind of struggled to find a place for this character, right? And we even talked about it. She, uh, Kobe Smulders does appear in Spider-Man Far From Home, but it's not really as Maria Hill. It's as a scroll pretending to be Maria Hill, right? Um, so in a way, I, in retrospect, I would say, because I agree, I was pretty shocked and surprised when she died. But in retrospect, uh, it kind of makes sense, you know, like they didn't really know what to do with this character and um, they figured this would be a good way um, to to sort of shock the audience and kick the series off with a bang. So that said, um, I think we're in agreement that, you know, the series had, had some highlights, um, maybe more so in the earlier episodes than the later. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some opinions there. Um, but for now, maybe stick with some of the pros. Uh, any particular highlights you want to call out on this show? I kind of want to give props to the show when it first aired, like back in June, of how like there was a, this kind of like immersive interaction slash promotions with the show. Because I, I think like we had all like after we recorded like a podcast episode, there I was like, oh, like there's like this like website and you have to put a password and like it takes you to this link and we all like watched it and it took you to like the first scene of the first episode and i feel like i I think that's an awesome i love when like shows kind of do like promotions like that to get like fan interactions you know um and that first scene is kind of like sets up like what secret invasion is about which is like squirrels have infiltrated like governments like and it's like who do you trust you know and it's being discussed with a popular character um which is uh can you you guys remind me the guy's name the from black panther oh ross agent ross Ross. agent ross yeah and um and then like then like Ross and the other agent kind of like get into conflict about like are you a scroll or not which again like alludes to like the tagline like who do you trust you know mm-hmm. yeah. um so I really like that like really cool like interaction promotion that the show did at the beginning because, yeah, it just, it, it, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, and then it's a good way to build, like, yeah, it was a fun way to build hype for the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Felt like you were, like, in on something, you know? Like, ooh, what could it be? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I do think that opening scene is pretty awesome because the way the actors play it, is just spot on. Like the moment the paranoid agent realizes he might be talking to a scroll is like the exact moment that I had the very same thought 
I'm like, wait a minute. Ross might be not who we think he is here, right? And uh, sure enough, he isn't, right? Um, so, and and after the scene, like, this guy, this, this character who uh, we've kind of gotten to know through a number of movies, like both Black Panther movies, as well as Civil War. Uh, he's he's like he's like this ally, right? He's like this good person, mm-hmm. and then come to realize, like, wait, it's it's not him, and it's a guy who has like some serious um, ulterior motives, right? That and you're, the whole thing gets like thrown on its head, and you're, and you're like, what is happening? And like, mm-hmm. I, you just can't trust anyone because. I love the fact that it's Ross because like, if you can't trust Ross, then you can't trust anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. that's the guy who is like, you're, you're comfortable with that character. Um, but to, to discover that he's a scroll, it's like, wow, you're, it's like a gut punch. Right. So great yeah. way to kick off the show. Did you, did you guys think he was a scroll from like before it was revealed? Like, or you, like, I want to hear you guys' thoughts really fast. <laughs> well, just continuing on what I, I was saying, for most of that scene, I hadn't uh-huh. a clue. But okay. I'm telling you, the moment that the other agent was like, wait a minute, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> the, okay. the, that very moment, that uh-huh. very moment, yeah. Okay. What were you, Christian? Like, um, I was definitely on the same track. I think, like, during the time, I, you know, the thing that I was thinking about while watching it was like, well, wouldn't he be in Wakanda? Like, I'd imagine this take place mm. after Wakanda Forever. And at the end of that movie, he's like going to prison. And then like, um, you know, he gets busted out by a Koye. Mm-hmm. And you'd think it's like, oh, I don't know if he'd be going back to the United States. He's probably a wanted man. But who knows? Like you know, you're just kind of also like not sure. Like oh, maybe enough time has passed to where mm-hmm. they cleared that up, maybe. And right. so you're like thinking about like his story, and you're like, wait a minute, this this doesn't add up. But okay, uh, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Okay. And then when it clicks, it's like, oh yeah, of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One more follow up question for this particular. Um, like discussion when do you think he like because you find out at the end like their ross was you know obviously captured and that's how they were able to like transform into ross like when do you think he was like captured or like during what like time frame do you think like yeah he was it was not ross and yeah Hmm. Hmm. It's hard to say. Like, I want to say we've been seeing we saw the real Ross in Black Panther. Okay. You know, uh, in both both movies. Okay. Um, like, and somehow, but Wakanda is also like this kind of hidden city, mm-hmm. and you wonder. It makes does make you wonder. Can the scrolls get in there? Can yeah. the scrolls? Have the mm. scrolls infiltrated there and like captured him from there, or who knows? Maybe there was, uh, maybe he left somewhere some sometime after and then got captured. Captured, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, 
the, that's what I'm thinking. That's my guess is after Wakanda Forever. Okay. Okay. Henry? Yeah, that's my thinking as well. Because I remember in Wakanda Forever, Ross and Val had some pretty personal conversations. And I feel like Ross was Ross in that movie. It it, it it dealt with some like real personal type stuff when they were chatting. So I, I don't think that was a scroll. Other characters in the show, maybe not, but I think Ross was pretty <laughs> recently like switched out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, any other positives you want to call out? Yeah. Yeah, I got one. Um there was a character there's a new character I actually really liked and I really hope we get to see again. Uh and that was um Sonia Fallsworth, played by Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. I think she was definitely like one of the uh the big highlights of the show for me. Uh, anytime her character was on the screen, I thought it was great. I thought she played the uh, the British agent really well. <laughs> and like you know, she was on the good guys, but you, she was also a character you really didn't trust in a way. Yeah, you're not yeah. really sure what her end game was. You know, if she would betray Nick Fury, if she would, um, at all, or if she like was she looking out for her own interests? You know, mm-hmm. and so I think I think she played the spy super well. I I really hope we get to see more of her in future Marvel projects. And it, she definitely has that like a bit of comic booky feel to her. So she mm-hmm. seems like a character who fits in really well with this kind of story. You know, she's dangerous, but she also has this um, very like proper posh demeanor to her. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. Like you know that character like really grew on me. Like at first, I think I was like I didn't care so much for the character, but then like. I, f- I don't know when it was, but, like, her character just started, like, I was getting excited every time she was in it. Because kind of, like, similar to what you said, like, she was very, like, I don't know. I, I think, like, the word ironic is what I'm looking for. But, like, she was so, like, proper ladylike. But she was, she got shit done. You know, mm-hmm. she was, like, she was hard. She was, like, Amanda Walker hard. You know? Yeah, like, she... She mm. did remind me a lot of Amanda Waller, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, she's like the we, kind of person who just sh- she just shoots someone in the head. Yeah, like when she has like a mission, like she sticks to it no matter like, no, like she has like no sympathy for people whatsoever. You know, like she has her own agenda and she sticks to it, and I can respect that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and so like you, Christian, I hope to see her in future films. Um, because I think yeah, like the acting and her character just like it was just on point, you know. Cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the only thing I would say is I kind of felt like there wasn't enough of her. You know, I wanted to see more <laughs> out of this character, right? Yeah. So for sure. as it, as it was, she didn't get a whole lot of screen time. Uh, when she was on screen, though, she was great, and um. Just in general, I think um, the acting was really good. Olivia Coleman is an Oscar winner, and she kind of proved it here. She is just really good. <laughs> She's got mm-hmm. some serious acting chops. She was great. Samuel L. Jackson is great. 
Um, yeah, great cast. Don Cheadle, Amelia Clark, I think. Uh, oh, Ben Mendelsohn is really good in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of top-notch actors uh, performing at a very high level. So, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to call that out. Great acting performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- like... I definitely think there were a lot of really good like acting moments where you just kind of see two characters talking. Um, like you have like Talos and Nick Fury kind of as like the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. And I did enjoy their like kind of shaky friendship, you know. Mm-hmm. They seem like characters who've known each other for a long time. They're kind of old friends, old colleagues. But in many ways, they've pissed each other off, you know. Their their relationship is on shaking ground, but they've known each other for so long that they seem like two characters just kind of made for each other in a way. Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, yeah, before we get off of the acting, um, yeah, I think you alluded to it, Christian, but um, there's just a lot of great dialogue scenes, like two great actors just kind of bouncing off each other and i think none better than uh the samuel l jackson and don Cheadle showdown scene it's just pretty <laughs> early on i think it was episode two um but it really was like two acting heavyweights going at it and um you know i'll see these two actors in any movie um going toe to toe but as you know, Fury and seemingly Rhodey, um, amazing. You know, I was I was like so hyped when this was happening, and uh, they they both actors were like kind of holding their ground, right, and uh, just going toe to toe, and it was it was a thrill. It was just great to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like one one line. Like, it was when Rhodey and uh, Fury were kind of talking. It's when Rhodey fires Nick Fury. I thought it was a really good scene between the two. Yeah. You know, it was like the, I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was a cool line, you know, and then he walks off, you know. Yeah. It's a great setup. Like, um, I think... Yeah, I, I mentioned this before, but I think the, the series starts off really strong and the setup is so good because it does set up Nick Fury as this kind of down and out character. And um, it preps him for like this big comeback. Yeah. Um, in the end, how they handle that, you know, we'll talk about it. But uh, I, I love this idea of of this guy who used to be at the top of his game and everyone's wondering, does he still have it? Right. And, um, you know, this was like kind of the first indication that like, just you wait, like I'm not done yet. Right. And, and just the fact that it is Samuel L. Jackson saying this stuff. Um, he just, he really delivers performance wise and it's just a a powerful moment. I love it. Mm -hmm. So that said, maybe we can start getting into some of the negatives. Anything you want, we want to call out there in terms of uh, the pro, uh, the, the cons to the pros here? 
Well, before before we get into the negatives, I think mm -hmm. okay, so there's like kind of two points I want to make out really fast. Like sure. one, I think I like you know, at first I like the pace of the the TV episodes, you know, like you know, the first I know I feel like there was like some backlash for like, oh, there's like no Avengers, no um action scenes like in the first few episodes or whatever but i kind of enjoyed it because there was like like a lot of backstory being talked um a lot of um setting up the storyline for like the overarching storyline of the series you know like because i mean you have to picture like this secret invasion is kind of like a storyline that continues from captain marvel you know, and Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s. And this movie, this TV show took takes place like probably like two decades later, two or three decades. And mm -hmm. so, you know, a lot of a lot of shit has happened in between then. So there's like a lot of catch up, you know, the blip happened, you know, um, Nick Fury created the Avengers. And so, you know, like there's a lot of, like resentment that like um gravic has towards samuel jackson and ex explains like why he's doing what he's doing and i feel like that explanation makes sense and again like what the first few episodes does is just kind of clarify all those like questions like why this is happening and i appreciate that pace you know because it's like marvel doesn't always have to start off with like you know the the action scenes the like boom 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 explosions you know and it's so great to have like storyline where it's like okay understand now why graphics doing that you know because it's not so much about like this like world domination kind of storyline but there's like this like more of like I want justice for my people and here's my reason to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good call out. Good call out. Um, I had pretty much the same thought. Like this villain is very relatable because you understand why he wants to do this. I mean, him explaining like what he and his people have gone through you understand. You understand why they want to do this. And um, he feels like he was betrayed and he was given a false bill of goods, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you just get it. You get it. And um, um, yeah, like a, a lot of the traits of this Gravit character there's like some DNA we've seen before, you know, like the Killmonger character, a, a lot of the more relatable MCU villains um, are, are kind of in this vein. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Uh, I, I liked how they, they set up this villain. I, 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 I for, like, just like, just like what you're saying for you from very early on, you really understand his motivations and um just furthering on the whole like superhero stuff 
Um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because that that was a big plus for me that that um, this series, for the most part, was free of quote unquote superhero stuff. You know, superheroes in costumes and superpowers and um, a lot of the staples of uh, the MCU as well as just superhero content in general, right? It was a refreshing change. Uh, I, I, I was digging it. Like, I think it was a little bit slow for some and um, the show was a bit of a slow burn for some wasn't for me i mean i was digging it i was definitely digging it <laughs> uh, christian your thoughts yeah as far as um i guess i guess two points uh i did like kind of the the less superhero approach to it um like and that like you got to see nick fury you know nick fury is does not have any superpowers He's a spy who operates in the superhero world, you know, especially Samuel Jackson, um, you know, pretty old. This version of Nick Fury is very old. So it does make sense that um, he wouldn't be doing scaling buildings, you know, things like that, that you would see from, you know, something a little more, a little more campy and, I did like, I think they're like the acting was so good. And we talked about how much we liked those like one-on-one -on -one conversations mm -hmm. that I think it really fit. Those were kind of, it felt like that was like more of the meat of it, of like the show right there. Um, and I do think on the second point of graphic, um, I think he, like he does like, I think uh, he embodied this kind of like idea of a terrorist very well. He's someone who's been, in a sense, like betrayed by Nick Fury, the American government, you know. Uh, he was promised something by them, uh, which after all this time, 30 years or almost 30 years, depending on what your Captain Marvel takes place. Um, promised it, never delivered. He's angry. He's bitter. Um, and so he's someone who He's, he uses his charisma to kind of rile up his scroll army, creates um, new scrollos, say, you know, this can be ours. We have our own little kind of piece of land right here. Mm -hmm. um, we were promised more, and now we're going to take more for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. You know, by doing, of course, all these horrible, heinous things. But um like killmonger in a way you kind of sympathize where he's coming from i think this kind of handled it i think a little better than say like the flag smashers um from falcon and the winter soldier mm -hmm. i think this takes that idea like a very similar idea but i think it does kind of work a little better here um but i do have i guess some thoughts maybe as we get more into the dislikes kind of about i guess some of those those two ideas and the fact that there were something kind of involving a lack of a, a certain superhero you know okay oh that's a good transition because um i wanted to address that um 
we've been talking about how there's really very little superhero stuff in this show in a way very refreshing um but it begs the question why if the world is in danger there's this huge alien threat then where are the superheroes right so fury actually gives a reason for this um something along the lines of if the avengers came to help out with this secret invasion then the scrolls could them could then imitate the avengers and there'd be mass confusion right mm-hmm. um I don't know. It seems like a bit of a flimsy explanation. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I appreciated there was an explanation because if they if they just didn't address it at all, it'd be really ridiculous. It'd be like the elephant in the room for the entire series. Like, where the fuck are the superheroes, right? So they did try to explain it. I think it's kind of flimsy. Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts about the explanation for no superheroes? I, yeah, I think, like, kind of like you, Henry, I think, like, that's kind of like a weak explanation. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I from what I could tell from what the scrolls needed, like, they needed to actually, like, have some kind of interaction with the heroes to be able to in- imitate them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's, I mean, like, the easiest answer to that question is, like, Marvel just didn't have the budget. To, yeah, right. To, to exactly. Have, uh, they did, they couldn't pay for Chris Hemsworth <laughs> and, um, and, the, and company. Um, yeah. But, but, um, but just, yeah, like, even, like, like the, the sidekick characters, you know, it's just, um, like, it's, it's, it's kind of, like, yeah, like why name this show Secret Invasion if there's no like <laughs> Avengers, you know, that yeah, are being like right. copied and that was not like a strong explanation. So yeah. I understand what you mean. Yeah. And and just furthering on that a bit, um, I I picked up on the same thing. It seems like the implication is that scrolls can imitate you, but only if they meet you in person right Mm -hmm. so it's not like a taskmaster thing where they can look at a video of you and imitate you right they have Mm -hmm. to meet you and that's why they didn't want to send the superheroes uh to battle them so again it's an explanation but personally i think it's kind of flimsy because look if they get someone to imitate let's say Thor, okay, that's something they could use to their advantage, but it's not like they would have the powers of Thor. So if you brought Thor, the real Thor, to Earth to battle the scrolls, you're still like, you would have a huge advantage. It doesn't matter if there's some scroll, maybe multiple scrolls who look like Thor. They might, I don't know, confuse you for a bit, but ultimately you have this incredibly godlike powerful character right yeah so it, it it doesn't make 
a whole lot of sense. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts, Christian? Yeah, like, I feel like a couple heroes that, like, would have also done really well that are any sort of powers. It's like, I think, like, Hawkeye and Yelena, Black Widow. Mm. Like, people who could be sharpshooter-type characters. You think that the scrolls wouldn't be, you know, near with, but, like, um, wouldn't get near enough to really, like, quote-unquote impersonate. As well as, like... Oh, right, yeah. Um, could work as, like, the sharpshooter, as well as could just kind of help be Samuel Jackson's kind of just personal bodyguards in a way. Maybe never leave his sight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you said, like, um, they wouldn't really have the same powers. As far as they know, well, minus... We already said gave the spoiler thing, so they do kind of get the powers later on with the Super Scroll... Um, but like, yeah, that's later, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think there, there, there's ways around the the whole body snatching thing, where it's yeah. like, well, they have to be close. It seems like they capture the the person and like bring them with them in order to like they they put the hand on their head to get their memories. Yeah, and you think like, well, you'd have to be like kind of close up and kind of like blindside the character to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you had some people to just like, you know, Fury just going, that's a scroll, get him. Hawkeye just shoots <laughs> him from afar. <laughs> and then that's it. Maybe Hawkeye's just wearing a ski mask so you don't see his face. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll never know. Yeah. Or, you know, like things, uh, I guess like things like that, you know? And I think it's like you say, like they won't have the power of Thor. They're not going to have Stormbreaker on them. Yeah. 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 And usually a lot of superheroes have their own specific superhero, like totems, the shield, you know, things that you probably can't replicate too well. Yep. Um, Or like a certain level of skill. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I also think like, as far as that, I feel like a missed opportunity. I don't know what you guys think of this. Like, because Rhodey's a scroll. But you never actually see, like, Rhodey get in the armor. Mm-hmm. You think wouldn't, if you if you were taking part of uh, Rhodey, like, wouldn't you want to use the Iron Man armor, the war, or war machine armor, the Iron Patriot armor? Um, and do whatever you want, you know, that's like, it seems like a bit of a missed opportunity, especially in the final confrontation, you know, it's yeah. just him with a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. And you think, I, well, he doesn't, it's not the nano armor, like Iron Man, he has to <laughs> put it on. So right. it does take time, but yeah. you're also thinking like, well, you know, like what if he just had that the whole time, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, what Perferio said: budgetary <laughs> restrictions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, now that you brought that up, question, like, let's bring up that twist that Rhodey was a a squirrel. Yeah. Like, like, okay. To be honest, who saw that coming? Um, like. It took me a minute to see it coming. 
Like, I think, uh, when did they reveal it? You like why he wiped away the the mirror and you kind of see him be a scroll. Yeah. I think that was episode four, yeah. three it's or like four. Taking a shower or something. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It, yeah. I think, uh, I think the part where I remember it, I, f- I think it was before that scene was kind of the second time he was talking to Fury. He got Nick Fury goes to Rhodey. And and he's like, only my friends call me Nicholas or something like that. Or yeah, like um, and like he seems like he's kind of like gloating a bit more, you know. Um, he's like drinking, you know. Like it seems like he kind of gets a little more. the The more the show goes on, like Brody gets more and more hammy, you know. He yeah. gets a little more like ridiculous. Yeah. And who he is, and where it's like, oh yeah, he's a scroll. Yeah. You know, um, until you know, in episode six, you kind of get to the stupid pills comment, which <laughs> I thought very unintentionally funny. Yeah. Um But I think it was about yeah, I was I think it was around that time I thought, oh, he's he's the scroll, he's he's the man on the inside, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think there was a scene where he was like, what, drinking on the job or something? He had like alcohol in his breath. Yeah, I think it was the, it was like, because Nick Fury gives him a bottle of wine or something like mm-hmm. that. Oh, right. Yeah. And then yeah, he's drinking I, yeah. and the president notices. Right. Yeah. I remember, I thinking, I was thinking at that moment, like, wait a minute, something's a little off here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I want to say that was episode three. I would say okay. that was over in episode three, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because you posed the question about Agent Ross, Perferio, um, what about Rhodey? I know there's been a lot of chatter about this. Uh-huh. At what point do you think Rhodey was switched out? Okay, so I had to, yeah, like I had to look this up because there were like a lot of people had a lot of opinions. And um, I don't think I I don't um, oh man I have to look this up again because it's been so long since I looked it up but I think like like for a while um, Marvel Studios had like an idea they want to make the Secret Invasion um, TV show and so they had certain I remember, yeah, they said certain characters acting differently. This way, like, when the TV show came out, you could look back and be like, okay, like, this is totally, like, not, this is out of their character. And so I feel like when you look back at, um, in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War, or even Falcon and Winter Soldier, like, I feel like there's definitely, like, Rhodey was captured in between them because you know Civil War, Rhodey fell down from Vision's attack and he has to use like mechanical legs to walk, mm-hmm. and I believe in Infinity War or not sorry not Infinity War um, Endgame, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, you don't see those mechanical legs I believe. You know he's kind of like miraculously healed up, you know. And um and then like somebody like again like this is like I feel like those like 
diehard Marvel fans, they said like, you know, Rhodey, when you find him again, like he's in a hospital gown. So again, like this is probably sometime after his accident, possibly, or a procedure of getting like going to like um uh physical therapy, you know, to to help out with his legs, you know, his after that incident. So my guess is like they kind of knew like early on that they kind of wanted to make Rhodey a scroll. Like probably like around the time they were filming Infinity War. And so um like that's why, you know, they kind of got rid of like why he could walk around or has like that um war machine suit more. Mm -hmm. And um and so they kind of like, yeah, justified that like, you know, it was sometime after the events of Civil War that the squirrels captured him and um infiltrated like the government as Rhodey. You know, that's my guess and what mm -hmm. I've seen from like online conversations, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's a good take. And I think it gives a pretty good physical explanation. Um but I think there's also kind of a psychological explanation there too because if you look at the timeline that you just described, Proverio, the roadie from Civil War seems very different from the roadie in Infinity War, right? Because, yeah. you know, in Civil War, he is completely on board with the Sokovia Accords. Mm -hmm. He is behind uh, Thunderbolt Ross and all that, right? Then all of a sudden, in Infinity War, Infinity War, it, he's like totally Team Cap, right? He welcomes Cap and Natasha back, and Ross appears in front of him, and he basically tells Ross to go screw himself, right? Um, so it's a complete change of attitude. Of attitude, yeah. Good, yeah. good description. Um, so uh, there might be something to that. <laughs> might be something to that uh, theory. Yeah, what do you think, mm -hmm. Christian? Yeah, that is a good theory. I like that. Like, Rhodey's definitely a character with a lot of different, like, kind of changes. I think throughout throughout his like history with the MCU, you know, um, because like, of course, you have the big Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle swip, uh, swap in Iron Man two, and then mm -hmm. of course in Iron Man three, he has a completely different like name and costume. With Iron Patriot, oh, yeah. Iron you Patriot, know, right. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it goes that far back, nearly that far back, you know. Um, mm. As far as him being a scroll, those are probably just things that they probably just retconned out, you know. Um, I think that, uh, like, I always thought my guess what it was always after uh, Endgame. Uh, like okay, maybe he was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a scroll. Um, I forget if he had his his uh like those like braces in that show or not. Uh, it's been a while, but I kind of I do see what you're getting at with the whole Sokovia Accords and the way he acts with uh General Ross, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So I I do think you are onto something there, um, like I will say though, like it is kind of sad 
that is true that like the real roadie didn't ha didn't see us you know iron man die the real roadie wasn't there in that big moment you know yeah yeah no i was i was i was just about to point that out like if you know if my theory is correct Brody, as soon as he awakes he doesn't know about like you know the blip and that there's no longer tony stark you know like it's it's a i feel like you know like a lot of this like trauma that Rhodey experience, you know, being captured and now living in a whole new like world than what he remembers is totally, I feel like, some kind of trauma that can easily be explored in Armor Wars, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that's, yeah, it could set the stage for the next part of his character, you know, later on. Mm hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, just a little bit more on the roadie character. I just, I just, you know, this just came to mind too. Like the roadie in Endgame is very jokey. Like he says, "What's up, regular sized man?" to Ant Man, and he jokes up jokes about like hot tub time machine and stuff. And like, you know, uh, Don Cheadle wasn't like a completely non comedic actor prior to that in the MCU, but. He didn't seem as jokey as he was in Endgame. So that's just an observation. <laughs> um, and, oh, I, I like what you guys brought up about. So with this theory, was it just a scroll looking at uh, Tony Stark dying in Endgame? If that's the case, damn, that's... pretty messed up right that's like a huge moment and um you know stark's best bud is is there but he's not really there yeah um so yeah that that man uh, i got mixed feelings about that and then what we do know is that that great scene between fury and roadie that i had mentioned earlier i was praising the performances Well, that turned out it wasn't really James Rhodes, right? It was a scroll posing as Rhodey. Um, so I have kind of mixed feelings about that, too. Uh, so, yeah, mixed feelings. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, one last point out before we get into the cons. Okay. I will just also have to really give praise to, like, I think we had said earlier, like, the spoiler alert, but, like, the twist of the show. Like the twists of the shows are really good. You know, we talked about Marie Hill's death, Rhodey's um uh reveal as a scroll, um, Ross's reveal as a scroll. But I think one of the biggest shockers of the series is um Fury being married to a scroll. Oh, yeah, that's right. Another twist. <laughs> Again, spoiler, because there's so many twists in this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot Um, about that one. Yeah, it's a big one. but yeah, I just, I, I think we had talked about it because I was like, you think Fairy knows that that's a squirrel, you know? Because you know, like we know she's a squirrel, but then the, the next thing she's into human form, Mm -hmm. right? And everything, and then they had like we later find out like he knows that she's a squirrel, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then like it goes into more about 
Deep Fury's um, backstory about how they met and we became romantically involved and everything. But um, again, I just think that like the show, like despite what feelings I have for it, like did really good at like the the twist, you know, that mm -hmm. came and mm -hmm. it wasn't just twists as like cliffhangers, but cliffs like twists that were given throughout the episode. You know, it could be in, it could have been in the beginning, in the middle, you know. So yeah. I I appreciate those twists that the show gave, you know. Cool. And as long as we're talking about that, one just one more twist I want to throw in there. Uh, the death of Talos. Also. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. see that one coming either. That was yeah. a big one. And um, that was that was tough because he was really kind of the heart of the show. Right. Mm. And he was kind of the guy you're rooting for the most in a lot of ways. You know, Fury's awesome, but um, Talos Talos's, um philosophy about things was I was most on board with like he was the one guy who who kind of was hopeful and he thought like he could bring people together mm -hmm. um and his death was was kind of crushing because it it kind of signified the end of of hope really right um and like I mentioned before Ben Mendelsohn is so good mm -hmm. uh, as Talos in this show so that was that was a tough one to take yeah mm-hmm yeah, like it's like the uh, the endings to each episode. Marvel was really good about leaving that carrot for the next one, you know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. What's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. There's always kind of this little twist at the end that you're not sure. Even though, yes. um, uh, I didn't. I think we're probably gonna talk a lot of smack about the final episode, but I actually thought like the last few minutes were like, whoa, that's really interesting. That changes mm -hmm. a lot of things. <laughs> um and like the way it resolved you know with like the president's big speech about hates all aliens oh yeah and then mm. um how mm. they're gonna go make peace with the Kree at the end mm -hmm. yeah um and i have a lot you know i have a lot of negative thoughts about the finale but mm -hmm. like the last few minutes i thought were were pretty good fair yeah. enough okay so yeah, um each ending was was solid um uh, but yeah uh, related to that as we've seen the mcu is really good at setting things up and posing the question what is next cliffhangers or post-credit scenes and just generating hype for shit right <laughs> but it seems like there is a major problem with ending things <laughs> Right. So I think this show is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're all in agreement that the final episode, episode six, was a bit lackluster, to say the least. Um, why don't we just talk about it? Let's get into episode six. What did we have a problem with here? <sighs> yeah, to where, to start? where to start? <laughs> um. Well, I, I don't know. It definitely feels like it's the most rushed episode, I think, of all of it. And it doesn't, I think, resolve kind of what it was doing pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I'll kind of start with the biggest thing is kind of the big fight with Gaia and uh, Gravik, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I think. I, I really don't like characters kind of, you know, they kind of go on their big speech. They kind of have their big character moment. And then it turns out they weren't talking to who they wanted to be talking to. Um, I know that's kind of part of the territory with a show like this, you know. But I always find it kind of deflates the moment, you know. I think that happens. It's like, it was like kind of the lead into it, yeah. It's like, let me tell you my big evil plan. Oh, shit, you know who, you're not who you are, and then they fight. Like, mm. It's such a, I feel like, very, like, James Bond kind of thing, but mm. keep going, yeah. Christian. <laughs> like, um, like, I think Black Widow also kind of did this, um, where uh, the, uh, what's his name, David Harbour's character, kind of, like, mm. He goes off on how he's really sorry about the way he the way he was when he was old. Yeah, when he you know, long time ago, how he's he sorry he neglected his daughters. You know, he kind of has this big speech where he kind of opens his heart out finally to his daughters, and he realizes, oh, he wasn't talking to them at all. And I feel like this kind of feels like that with Gravik and Fake Fury. You know, mm-hmm. when Gravik kind of tells, like, do you know who this face is? You know, like, uh, that moment. And how he kind of reveals who his entire character is. And it seems like he has a lot of history with Nick Fury. But, you know, it's like the two characters never really interacted during the entire show. You know, it's just kind of a fake out so he could fight Gaia. And I think like, oh man, geez, that was probably the worst like fight scene I think I've seen in a Marvel, you know, as far as the MCU goes. This one might go down as probably the worst fight. <laughs> yeah, pretty silly. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, you know, going off a lot of points which you said, Christian, like, I agree that, like, that, you know, I just felt like, you know, leading up to, like, you know, Fury, he walks into that power, abandoned power plant, and you could tell he looks sick and just out of it. I'm like, okay, like, this is not Fury. Like, there's no way. Like, how are they going to let him make him recover from radiation? He's not going to turn into the Hulk or anything, you know. And and so then, yeah, when it was revealed it was Gaia, I was like, okay, that makes sense, but stupid. And then <laughs> giving them both like the the super scroll like powers of all like the Avengers, I was like, they're really going to go that route, like actually giving the <laughs> the powers and and then like the whole scene was just. Re- ridiculous you know like mm-hmm. over the top like cgi overload you know like like ugh. It, it was just really stupid and i kind of really just like checked out at that point i was just like ugh, let me know when this battle's over because at first i was kind of like okay like which avengers here like we got the marvel drag screwed like which powers do they have? But like at some point, I was like, this is just over the top and ridiculous. You know, like nothing's actually happening besides like two people trying to beat the shit out of each other. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. It, it's it's a really ridiculous, silly, stupid ending. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And in the long history of overly CG'd silly mcu endings this one is right up there with those maybe this one takes the cake like you were talking about it, christian maybe the worst of them all um yeah i agree with 
pretty much everything you guys have said about it. I'll have I have some more stuff to add too. Like um all the cool setup stuff with Fury earlier on that I mentioned. The down and out super spy. Like the 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 old the old guy who everyone's wondering, can he still do it? Like I was ready to see Fury, you know, come back to glory against all odds, right? He's he's about to face off with this seemingly invincible opponent. How is he going to do it? Nick Fury will find a way, right? <laughs> and then we don't get that. He he's not even Fury. It's it's a different character altogether, right? And it and it isn't resolved through the resourcefulness and cunning of Nick Fury. In the end, it's just more uh, superpowered, dumb superhero stuff, right? So that was disappointing. Um, oh, and like, yeah, go ahead, Christian. Um, okay, I guess real quick, I just wanted to this this whole moment kind of reminds me uh, this whole fight. Uh, I just want to give quick props to to She Hulk because She Hulk kind of <laughs> made fun of this whole yeah. whole thing, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in the in She Hulk's final episode, uh, but also kind of makes this doubly sad because you know you <laughs> thought after making fun of it in in the last the last series, yeah, they would try for something completely different here, but they still do it and they do it worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <So> that... <laughs> Not, yeah. not to not to justify this in any means, but um, I was reading a lot of news headlines that saying that like now, um, what's her name, Gaia? Yeah, yeah. Gaia is now the the most strongest MCU character. Um, what do you guys think? Because I mean, like basically, she has the power of every strong avenger and i think also has the power to regenerate you know mm-hmm. so yeah. is she yes or no christian uh let's see it's kind of hard to say like i guess you could have the powers but you know you, skill also i guess would come into play you know mm-hmm. yeah. like i feel like um you know she could have all you know the strength of the hulk and you know I could all, but um, the strength of the Hulk, the speed, and like the speed. But um, you also have something like this is also a world with magic, you know. And I think magic seems like a learned ability. You never really mm-hmm. see her yeah. use Doctor Strange's portals or abilities. Right. So I can imagine, I can, ima- I could see her losing to Doctor Strange or uh, Scarlet Witch, you know. Mm-hmm. That's my take is that she's she wouldn't re- even though we say she might be the strongest, you know, she would be the strongest. Remember, and you know, Taskmaster still lost to Black Widow, someone with no powers. Yeah. Yeah. Henry. Uh yeah, that's that's a solid take. Um uh I would question also uh how adept is she at using these powers? Because in that scene, both Gravik and Gaia are kind of like switching off different power sets mm-hmm. and it was not clear if they really had great control over these powers 
you know, I, I bring this up because if you had the ability to be uh, as powerful as Captain Marvel, wouldn't you just be Captain Marvel all the time? Why would you like grow a, a Drax arm? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, is that really necessary? Um, so it seems like maybe um, she's just, she, it's hard for her to like control what power she's using. Because again, if she could control it, then why not just be Captain Marvel all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, uh, maybe she's got uh, some practicing to do before she's the most powerful. But potentially, uh, yeah, she could be the most powerful. Okay, good takes, good takes. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool. Do you think she's the most powerful? Do I think? No, I think I agree with both of you guys. I think she has like the equipment or... Um physical assets you know she got she got the strength of the hulk she got the powers of captain marvel you know but then it's like being able to yeah like um use um you know like the taskmaster like they learned how to use those skills and be been able to um use them very uh wise and effective against black widow and so it's not just uh you know the the what's the word i'm looking for but like it's not just like having it but also learning how to use it you know yeah yeah okay. Sk- skill uh, beats strength in a way exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um speaking of the super scroll um this is a comic book character um so you know, I guess uh, there's a bit of fan service going on here. Um, but the comic book Super Scroll is vastly different from the Super Scroll slash Super Scrolls, plural, in this show, right? Because in the comics, it is just four superheroes whose powers uh, the Super Scroll has, right? The Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. And um, I love the Super Scroll in the comics. I think it's a cool idea. And um, I always loved watching, seeing uh, the Fantastic Four take on the Super Scroll because um, like, how do you defeat an opponent, opponent that has your exact same powers? Well, you use teamwork, right? And that's how the Fantastic Four did it. Um, but in this show, it's just a completely different thing. It's almost like like a limitless amount of powers these characters are dealing with. And it's it's almost like too much to process, right? Um, I in the comics, I love the fact that it's just like this, you know, subset of powers. It's just invisibility, stretching, super strength, and and flame powers. That's it, you know? Um, there's just too much going on here. Like that that scene was like not only was it annoying for all the reasons we just mentioned, but it was hard to keep up with. Like they're just changing powers right and left, and it was it was jarring, confusing, and and ultimately uh, um, not satisfying <laughs> to say mm-hmm. the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I think we can move on to just kind of random thoughts. Um, as we've been saying, there's just a lot in this show. So I know I, 
I don't know. I, I had a lot of just thoughts that came up all throughout. Um, feel free to throw some out, but um, you know, Oh yeah. Maybe we can talk about this first. Um, uh, this show, as it turned out, had a very low viewership. So not many people watched secret invasion. right? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think, this could potentially be a pretty big conversation about superhero fatigue and whatnot, but um, I don't know. Um, what are you guys' thoughts when you heard that, you know, not many people are watching, watching this show? I mean, one, I kind of be like, yeah, I don't blame you. This show wasn't that good. It's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, you know, because I feel like we had kind of this discussion last time we we watched The Flash, and um, like I don't know if it's just been like a kind of like a track record thing so far or all year, but like, like yeah, there's the terms like you know superhero fatigue has been like thrown out like for like the past few years, but this year has been like really kind of like really like there's been like a strong um downside to like superhero flicks yeah. you know like the flash this show um guardians did pretty well ant-man yeah. did bad yeah um and even shazam. like yeah shazam, shazam. Uh, black adam like i forgot about shazam <laughs> and even um the upcoming blue beetle film like there's nobody's talking about it you know yeah. so i one again like the the show wasn't the best but again it just kind of maybe like folks are just yeah like burnt out you know from seeing superhero films or maybe people are tired of the same kind of formula that mm-hmm. you know we've talked about and we need like fresh new takes on how to tell a superhero film you know like something like the joker or the batman you know yeah. um like those are ways to like re-innovate like overused characters you know but mm-hmm. um yeah i just think like this film just <laughs> doesn't help the case about like if superhero fatigue is real or not you know mm-hmm. yeah and to add to that this show could have been a huge statement on, wait a minute, we can do things different. But the way they chose to end it just kind of ruined all that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, for almost the entire show, it's like, whoa, this is different. This is like, there's no superhero stuff. And it's all like intrigue and paranoia and espionage. This is different. Mm-hmm. And it was. And I was really enjoying it. Um, but ultimately, the naysayers will be like, I told you, it's the same bullshit over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I, you know, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, people weren't tuning in because of superhero fatigue. And then in the end, it was very much of what we were dreading. More uh, just kind of boring superhero bullshit i think um take this in i guess a bit of a somewhat different direction um 
because I think it kind of it piles onto that idea, you know. I think uh, the market's very oversaturated right now with superhero stuff. And so if something doesn't really rise to the top, you know, something like Guardians 3 or Spider-Verse, then I think one is that it won't, um, like, it, it people won't go, go see it. As well as, um, I think, like, if something's good, you know, word of mouth travels really fast mm -hmm. nowadays with the internet. And mm -hmm. I think it's kind of very easy to see what people are saying about something now. Mm -hmm. And I think if something's good, it does, you know, it will gain traction. You know, people will want, want to see it if it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but I, so I think there was a lot of, you know, I think as, as we kind of went on, I think we just didn't hear much about it. Um, even though there were kind of some big kind of end, end caps that we really liked, it started off strong. There was some hype going behind it, but I think that it just didn't really capture people, you know, which is, um, and I think there's a bit of Disney, my uh, part of me is thinking it's just Disney, a bit of fatigue, you know, maybe not specifically superheroes. Um, could be a bit of just kind of just Disney plus or dis Disney fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um, they have such a strong media presence. They kind of have like a very mm -hmm. big grasp on American media. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think that uh. Uh, we, you know, of course, like right around the same time, Elemental was also a movie that's kind of did pretty poorly. And that's a Pixar movie. And Pixar is usually like kind of the gold stamp of quality and a gold yeah. stamp hit yeah. for a very long time. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I, to be honest, I didn't really see Elemental, so I'm not really going to comment on any sort of quality with the movie. Just that uh, yeah, it was a kind of notable bomb. Um, Indiana Jones and the Haunted yeah, Mansion. Another, yeah, Indi um, yeah, both movies did did pretty poorly. Yeah, um, you know, also Disney movies. Um, but like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy did really, really well. Um, because you know, everyone, it it was really, it was a really good movie. It was a great movie, and mm -hmm. everyone, it caught on. Word of mouth caught on. You have to see this movie. It's that good. Um, but I think if you don't hear that, it's possible that just people just might not go see it right now, you know? Yeah. And I think with more negative press kind of coming out around this, it kind of, as the show kind of got into later stages, really didn't help anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like these Disney plus shows, I don't know. I think we've personally been down on a few quite a few of them for a little while you know <laughs> i think with the the way we kind of felt about mandalorian the last you know mando um like uh you know i've come around a little bit to she hulk i know you guys like that more than me <laughs> um but i think that was another you know it's another one we were talking about ant-man you know yeah yeah that's yeah. not my little take i'm starting to ramble here so Oh, no worries. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's been a mixed bag from mm -hmm. Disney. Indeed. You were going to say something uh, for you? No, I was just, uh, just agreeing with Christian. Yeah. 
Um, so just speaking of the low viewership, you know, I think that's one of them. Uh, zero word of mouth. No one was really talking about this show. Uh, people weren't really praising it a whole lot. Um, <laughs> there's also the the AI generated opening credit scene. I think some people were turned off by that a bit. Ooh, oh, can we can we talk about that? I have oh, yeah, thoughts on please, that. Please, please go uh, ahead. Like, yeah, like I remember, yeah, when the show first came out, like there were there's various like backlash, yeah, like the opening scenes because it was created by AI art, you know, and you know, like this is I feel like this has been like an ongoing controversy for the majority of the year about maybe not just like ai art but also like ai like used in general like i've you see now being used at schools and um commercials and music you know and um it's just very i feel like disappointing for marvel to be using ai art in a show like secret invasion because I mean they fucking have the budget to hire artists to to do this, you know, like like this is you know a comics books TV show. Like where are like the comics artists or artists in general creating like that opening scenes? Where are the graphic designers, the animators, you know? And for Disney to not do that, it just feels so hollow you know how so empty for them to um to yeah to using ai art and i was just that was just a big turnoff for me when i first learned that you know and i think you had said this earlier henry that like yeah like that was like also a big um uh issue at san diego comic-con you know the use of ai art by comic book artists so yeah, I just, I just, I had thoughts, and that was really disappointing for Marvel to do that on this show. Yeah, um, I do agree with you, Perfurio. I think earlier on, I had a more neutral stance. Uh, I was kind of like, well, you know, if Marvel was going to do something like this, this is kind of the show to do it. You know, it's about scrolls, it's about deception, that sort of thing. But the more I think about it, I'm with you, like, support real human artists, you know, like, it's kind of scary where this all could go. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty down on on this decision. Like, yeah, like, like what you're saying of a company that can afford to pay real human artists it's disney so why did they feel the need to do this it's a bit baffling um yeah it it, it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth now did it really lead to low viewership i think there were complaints but i, I don't know if that really was a huge factor so you know it's just a, it's been written about. I don't know if it really had an impact. I, I don't think, you know, obviously everybody always clicks the button, skip intro. You know, I don't think, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that contributed to viewer lowership, but it's just, it, it was just an extra like 
sour taste on top of a bad storyline, you know, mm -hmm. that's just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. um, but yeah, Christian, what are your thoughts really fast on, um, on like, yeah, I, I'm still very conflicted on how I, I truly feel about the use of AI, especially, especially here. Um, cause I heard they did actually contract to an art studio and this, they did, work in a sense work with artists and work with the studio even if no you know it wasn't made by artists um and they still they still paid a studio money to make that to make this opening um and it, it does kind of kind of work with a bit of the show and although uh, that said i think if you kind of place this versus some of the other openings like it's like i i to be honest i think like the wandavision openings were a lot better you know like it's mm -hmm. like i don't think what we saw here was all that great you know as far as like what and what the opening looked like i think i would have like preferred something you know like i said the wandavision openings like the falcon of the winter soldier opening with the shield was, was always kind of cool mm -hmm. or like that really you know epic daredevil opening with the netflix shows mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. all the netflix shows had like a much better opening that had this like almost hbo like opening you know and so um it just like you know it's like eh, i think they probably should have taken another route for this one, you know. It was okay. they were they were trying something new, but I don't think it really paid it paid off mm -hmm. from that for just kind of from that aesthetic perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, last little bit on the whole low viewership thing. Um, so I, I think another point that comes up is that the show was pretty minimally marketed like there wasn't a whole lot of promotion for it um so i i can see that yeah that there didn't seem to be much effort in selling the show and here's a big problem i had with the promotion and ironically it's not it doesn't have to do with the promotion of secret invasion but rather a different marvel project the Marvels. So I thought it was a huge spoiler to include Nick Fury in the very first Marvels trailer. Because <laughs> I knew that the Marvels would follow Secret Invasion, right? Mm -hmm. So when I saw Fury in the trailer, I'm like, oh, well, I guess he doesn't die in Secret <laughs> Invasion. Like to me, Secret Invasion was like the show I was looking forward to, but also there's this big question mark about Samuel L. Jackson. Like he's getting older. He's been in the MCU a long time. Um, this might be the death of Nick Fury. And just looking back on it, like how cool would it have been if in that final episode he was like limping to this battle with Gravik and you're like holy shit like he might not survive this mm -hmm. and just to use that right and to you know just kind of play with that like they, they they killed off these characters in the show like 
pretty beloved characters. So I definitely would have had this feeling of like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make it. You know, it would have added this great narrative tension. But you know what? <laughs> he's in that mm-hmm. trailer. So, you know, when I saw the trailer, I was thinking, is it possible that the events in the Marvels happened before Secret Invasion? Maybe. But ultimately, I was like, okay, I mean, it really looks like they're not even trying to cover up the fact that Nick Fury survives Secret Invasion. And you know what? That that kind of sucks. I thought it would I think it would have been a lot better if they left him out of uh, of the Marvel's promotions. You know, it would have been to the benefit of of this show of Secret Invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, any other thoughts before we get to our ratings? Um, oh my gosh, yeah. Like the show is just I think we had alluded to this earlier, but it was just a hot mess, you know. Like we had said like the beginning few episodes like were slow, there's a lot of backstory, which was good essentially initially. You know, but then like towards the end, it was just a lot of like wrapping up like like loose ends, you know, like how are they gonna handle like the graphic situation, you know? Um, are the scrolls gonna find a, find a safe haven? Are they gonna continue to infiltrate the government, you know? Um and I just felt like there were just like those kinds of storylines were very much rushed. And it just felt messy, you know, in my end. Like, I I think, you know, like, that's just been an ongoing situation with um, the Marvel Disney Plus shows, where, like, the ending episode, like, six or eight or whatever the final episode is, where it just feels really rushed and doesn't live up to the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I think um, on that point with this show, it does feel like, like you said, it was such a cool setup. Mm. But I, I think the problem is that like it never really feels like it really cap fully capitalizes on its setup. You know, like there's secret scrolls in high places. The re- the only real one you really like see is Rhodey, you know. And that mystery is kind of solved by episode three, you know, like mm-hmm. there's no big reveal on someone else being a scroll later down the line. They never really set up um, more of these secret schools. The president was never a scroll, you know, like they, it feels like they never go far enough with that idea, you know, mm-hmm. and then you never you don't even see a scroll army show up in the final episode. You know, it's just two super scrolls you know um who just kind of fight in just um a warehouse and then that's it you know it feels like it sets up these grand big ideas big political ideas but doesn't really never fully follows through on what they could be you know i really like the last five minutes of it and I feel like that almost could have been the halfway mark, you know, because that's mm-hmm. that's a cool idea. What happens when the president kind of figures out 
scrolling and kind of turns out, well, it, you know, he makes some bad ideas or makes some bad statements about these scrolls. Like what could happen then? You know, like uh, the, it squanders. It's like kind of spy thriller ness, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, do it as good as um or as well as the winter soldier i think that really captures that paranoia so well you never know mm-hmm. who's hydra and who's not you know mm-hmm. and um or like or i guess the other one i've seen peacemaker i think did that kind of alien invasion really good really really well you know that body snatcher type so like it's almost like it kind of threw out a little too many plot lines, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of just, oh crap, we have to resolve these real quick, you know. Okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, maybe one last thought before we get to ratings. So, you've kind of been alluding to this all along, Perferio, but this show is called secret invasion so it kind of begs the comparison to the comic (laughs) series secret invasion right Uh um as we've been saying the two things are basically completely different and they have very very little to do with each other Mm. um they involve scrolls and that's pretty much where the similarities (laughs) end right um (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, in a way, it's like, okay, they're two different things and just they're they're separate things. Just let them be that way. But the fact that they're calling this secret invasion and there has been a major epic Marvel event series in comics called Secret Invasion. Do you feel that it's uh, I don't know kind of cheating should they not be allowed to to call this show secret invasion uh, i know you have thoughts what, what do you think Perverio? oh yeah i 100 percent think like um i don't know what the what the right term is i don't know if it's clickbaiting or not but this show should not have been called secret invasion you know like i read the comics um the comics is basically schools infiltrate the government not just the government, but the Avengers team. And then, you know, like, it's it's kind of, it does play on, like, this theme of, like, who do you trust, you know, which the show um, kind of does do. Like, we've talked about throughout the, for the past hour, about, like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. I did not see, like, Ross or Rhodey becoming a squirrel or whatever, you know. But I think the comic Secret Invasion plays more with who do you trust among the Avengers team, you know, and like that kind of disbands the Avengers and not so much about like the government. So, you know, Marvel has like this history of like using like popular storylines to get people's attention, you know, like, like Winter Soldier, um, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, you know, and sometimes it's a hit and miss, you know, like sometimes it's better than the comics or it's just the yeah, clickbait. This is one of those instances where the TV show 
derived from the source material. Like, the themes were there, but, like, the characters and the plot were, like, um, a total 180, you know, from TV, yeah, from comics to TV show. And I just think this, this, uh, show would have been better as its own kind of squirrel storyline with a different name than using the secret invasion name because i think secret invasion one does work better as a tv show but come on you have you have to have the budget to have more adventures you know <laughs> um but that is my take solid solid take definitely yeah you could argue that there really wasn't an invasion in this show <laughs> there's a lot of secret stuff happening secret yes invasion maybe <laughs> i don't know okay uh any last thoughts before ratings shall we get to the ratings christian you're gonna read the comics um i am actually curious to read the comics i've never i haven't read the secret invasion storyline i know i i've been pretty down on this series but <laughs> I think it, I will say, I guess the positive is that it kind of has pulled me into reading the storyline because it has brought a lot of people out talking about how much they really liked it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right on. And we will do a brief Secret Invasion Comics recommendation to wrap up the episode. But for now, let's get to our ratings. So, um, how about you, Preferio? Why don't we start with you? Start with me. I, I, you know, honestly, I feel like most of this podcast we've kind of dedicated to stuff that we enjoyed instead of like stuff that we disliked about it. But honestly, this was, yeah, one of my least favorite Disney Marvel shows. Um, I honestly, yeah, I have to give this a two out of five. I it had so much potential to be good, and it was just kind of a big letdown. Um, I remember, yeah, like the first few episodes, I was really excited to watch them, but but the last few, I was just like, let's just let's just watch this and see it get if it gets better, you know. Um, I. If you're a Marvel fan and it, would I recommend this to you? I wouldn't I I, I, I don't see how this like forwards like the MCU storyline in any way besides being kind of entertaining. Um if you have nothing else to watch, watch it, but do I recommend it? Mm, no, not really. So um yeah, I'm just going to leave it out there. Just say that my rating's 2 out of 5. Very good. Very good for you. Uh, how about you, Christian? Hmm. Let's see. So I I think I really liked the beginning. Really did not like the ending. Um, It's definitely a show that starts off well. It starts off intriguing. You're a little conflicted about how you feel a few things. But it does feel like it just doesn't capitalize on its ideas. It doesn't go nearly as far as it should with like that whole secret invasion thing or even the super scroll idea, I think. 
And it's just, yeah, it's kind of a mess. I think I feel a lot of the same way Perfurita's. Um, and I think I am a bit torn on idea versus execution. How much do you value an idea that you like if it's not executed well? Um, it's definitely an idea. I think I've gone kind of back and forth when I've seen things that I've, I feel conflicted on. I think the things, though, I didn't like, I really didn't like. Um, I think I'm with Perfurita this probably is also one of my least favorite like MCU projects. Um, so, uh, although I think I might go a little lower than Perfira on this one. I'm, I'm feeling a one. Um, I, I, unfortunately I don't recommend it. I think it's, um, like I said, I think that, I get gotta give props to She-Hulk for for making fun of this ending in advance. <laughs> I think if this is done anything, it's made me like She-Hulk. I think a lot more, um, because it almost feels like a parody of this. Um, so yeah, one uh, was at the end of the day, it just didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. Not a fan. All right, a two and a one. Will be and angry. I, uh, now me uh so yeah i kind of left myself last kind of on purpose because as we've said before we like to leave things on a bit more of a positive note <laughs> that said um uh, you know it's funny uh as we've been talking about this series um as i've been kind of processing it more um I'm, I've actually changed my rating because uh, I literally wrote down for the show uh, before we started recording a four out of five. Um, and in the moment, I was really enjoying a lot of this show. So I do agree with Christian that it started stronger than it finished. Um, and I, I do completely agree that that last episode was like hot garbage, basically. <laughs> um, but I still feel like um, I still felt like that the show really held up up until the end. Yeah. Um, but as we've been talking, it's like a lot of the stuff that I was really enjoying was sort of diminished by stuff that happened later. You know, I I already talked about how the fact that uh, Rhodey is a scroll kind of takes away from that great Jackson and Cheadle scene from earlier, right? I thought it was incredible that Fury was going toe-to-toe with Rhodes, but guess what, folks? It wasn't really James Rhodes. It was a scroll. So, you know, like oh, it takes takes the, the, the punch out of it a little bit. And then similarly, like I was so excited about this like uh, old gunslinger Nick Fury coming back for one last shot at glory. Um, and in the moment, it was great. Like I, I loved seeing like a down and out Fury just waiting for that moment where he comes back and he figures it out, right? But then ultimately, it doesn't happen. So there's so much setup, and I would strongly argue really good setup 
of things in this show, but the payoff is just missing, right? Um, so I keep going back to it, but in the moment, it's very exciting. Uh, I was highly enjoying it. And I would say like episode one, two, three, and four, pretty much I was like, I can't wait to keep watching this show. And then it, episode five, I was, you know, feel it. I was feeling like, okay, maybe it's losing some steam. And then like, whoa, episode six, what happened, right? Um, so again, in the moment, I was enjoying it. But now, like, I'm taking, like, the look back, the retrospective, right? And it's like, oh, man, what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense. And um, maybe another kind of bottom line statement is, would I want to watch this show again? And I don't think so, man, because knowing what I know now, how it ends and the twist and, you know, how certain storylines play out um i don't really want to watch the show again because the stuff that i was excited about the first time i wouldn't be so excited about before um i think my first take does hold some weight so i'm not gonna completely take this down i'm still going to give it a recommendation but instead of a four i'm gonna give it a three so three out of five for me four secret invasion um i think in the end across the board there's a good amount of disappointment here um yeah i think we all said it there was a lot of anticipation going in and uh heading out quite a bit of disappointment Mm -hmm. all right so let's talk about the comics yeah um so it sounds like christian is interested in checking the comics out uh you and i prefer you have read them uh let's talk about it a little bit a little bit of background secret invasion comic series uh released in 2008 uh there are eight issues one through eight written by brian michael bendis illustrated by Lanil Francis Yu. Uh yeah. Any any thoughts on this for you? I know you read this not that long ago. Uh-huh. I yeah, again, I think that was a cool comic because again, it kind of like played in the like mood of like a thriller of like, ooh, who can you trust and everything? Like when the squirrels are introduced, it kind of like introduces like uh avengers from like when they first like started you know and then then there's like this like mixture of like oh man who who do you trust like who who's real who's not you know um and i thought that storyline was really interesting and fun and um it just it's a really good comic to just kind of if you want something different that's like not so much like end of the world kind of thing but like a little bit of like oh man like is this really going to happen you know a lot of second guessing which 
I will admit, like, the show does pretty good at, but the comics, I feel like, does a better job at capturing that feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good take. Uh, I would add that, you know, I mentioned before that, kind of jokingly, the only similarity between the comics and the show is there are scrolls in them, right? Well, the, 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 the other aspect is that paranoia thing, even talking about Perfurio. I think um, both the show and the comics tap into that feeling of, I don't know who to trust. What the hell is going on here? Um, it's captured in the show well, and it's captured in the comics quite well. And it's kind of cool, you know, in these um, big event series, usually things are very straightforward, you know, epic battles, good versus evil. Um, here, it's just not clear. You don't know who is the real hero and who is pretending to be the hero, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not clear at all. And um, it's very disorienting. I, yeah, like you said, um, it's different. It's, it's, it's a different kind of storytelling than we're used to, especially with these like event series, right? Um, I would argue maybe there's like too many superheroes in it. There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I guess it turns out that there's about half as many superheroes that you think there are. But as it is, there's just a lot of superheroes. I mean, that's kind of the bread and butter of these event series. There's a lot of characters in them. Um, but uh, yeah, if you can be overwhelmed by too many characters and yeah, you know, just be forewarned, there are a lot of characters in the Secret Invasion comics. Um, but yeah, I, 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 from very early on in the series, I got that, uh, that taste of like what is going on who's real and who do we trust and mm -hmm. um it's it's pretty cool in that way so recommendation for the secret invasion comic series and with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from henry christian and perfirio <laughs>